So welcome to Monkey and Frank. My name is Doe and my body is Dom. And today I've got Lauren, my soul sister, Lauren, who's also my ayahuasca family sister. And uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. This is very exciting. It's awesome. So today I wanted to explore your psychedelic journey. Um, but before, like, so the first time you took psychedelic and um, but first I wanted to know like where were you at in your life before your first psychedelic tell me a little bit of you know how you were you feeling um, pretty much you know if you can get us into it kind of thing yeah absolutely um, I think before psychedelics I was very much so in my victim mentality it was like all of my traumas I was owning and I was like, why is, why does this shit happen to me? It's just me. Um, and then I had my first acid trip was my first psychedelic experience, uh, when I was 18 and that kind of opened me up to just, there's so much more. Um, there is a God, there is something beyond just this physical plane. Um, and it was super eye opening, but I didn't, I don't think I really like broke through or understood it um, that much. And I didn't really do any integration around that. It was more just purely recreational. And I just kind of stumbled upon this like somewhat mystical experience, but it wasn't until um, I worked with ayahuasca that it just, I feel like the veil really dropped. It was like, <laughs> I think it was either my second or third ayahuasca ceremony. It was it was like this veil of every lie I'd ever told myself, whether it was like, you're ugly, you're not worth it, you're too much, you're not enough. It just dropped. And I saw everything, like what I was at my core was just love. It was just energy. It was light. And it was like everything, every mistake I had met that I had ever made was just a lesson. Everything we do here on earth is just to make us grow. It's, it's a series of lessons uh, to me at least. And it was like all these lies shifted. And I was like, oh, I've been love and light this whole time. I've just been in a human meat suit learning. <laughs> and it was really beautiful. And that was really my turning point in spirituality. Um, that's when I got on my spiritual path and I wanted to pursue um, shamanism and learning different healing techniques. And that's when I really realize my purpose in life is just to be a healer um, and just find different modalities that help me heal myself and heal others. And that's where my passion lies. I mean, now I'm a yoga teacher. I'm a Reiki practitioner. Um, I'm not, I, I call myself a shamanic practitioner. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to feel comfortable calling myself a shaman. Um, but my training for that will be done um, in about a year. Um, but of course, you're always going to be learning. It's not just like you get a certificate and you're done. Um, but really, ayahuasca is what opened me up to this whole world. And since then, um, it's just been lesson after lesson. Um, and when I met you, it was like I had learned some lessons from ayahuasca first and I hadn't really done the full integration work. You know, the first time I worked with her, she told me you need to be sober. You need to understand why you, you're here and connect more to your own energy and I was like yeah yeah okay that's nice <laughs> and then after I met you and went on that retreat uh I decided to 
go sober and celibate for an entire year and really just get to know my own energy outside of anyone else's, any other plant spirit or psychedelic energy. Um, I wanted to know who I was at my core and I just was weeding out all my addictions, whether that be people, attachment to drugs, sex. And honestly, it's, it's ayahuasca that helped me grow um, the most, I think. And even just this past week, uh, after my year of sobriety was up, I started uh, using mushrooms and I had my first experience with any kind of substance in over a year. And it was just so beautiful. I, you've helped me a lot. Um, just kind of <laughs> getting rid of my shame and my guilt and facing that shame and my guilt and not being embarrassed about it. Um, <laughs> and just, yeah, practicing that shame resilience and this whole trip that I just had was just weeding out any shame or guilt that I was still holding on to, whether that was from a past romantic relationship or with my mother. And um, I just, I purged a lot emotionally and like physically I puked, um, but it was like so much emotional baggage came with it. And the next morning um, I actually went to go see my mom and we had a beautiful talk that I don't think we would have ever had unless I had had that experience the night before. And I just apologized to her for everything, for any time I'd ever hurt her. I explained to her that I never meant to hurt her. Um, my mother has been an alcoholic since kind of as long as I remember. And I think I was just owning it so hard, like it's because of me or um, she won't change because I'm not important enough. And my reaction to her drinking was being very cruel to her and calling her names or cutting her off completely. Um, and granted, I needed to at the time that I did, but I still was carrying so much guilt from that time period. And I was able to release it all and actually have that conversation. And psychedelics really like opened up the path for me to have those conversations and have the strength to actually own up to it and release that guilt and acknowledge when I've hurt people. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my psychedelic story up up to now. <laughs> that's crazy. Wow, I've got so many questions. So yeah. the, the first question is, uh, the first time you took LSD, did you do it with friends or did you do it like in a kind of party settings? What was it like? What was, what did you experience um, there? So I did it for the first time with my very first boyfriend, John, who's still one of my best friends. Um, but we took it and he had tripped a few times before and he was like, you really got to try this. It's, it's a magical experience. And I was very open to it. Um, and I tried it. And the first time I didn't, I didn't get any visuals. It was all just like this body feeling. And it was like my, my mind had opened up. I was, I remember watching this sunset as I was peeking and I was like, God is real. Like whatever God is, that's it. <laughs> um, and it just, it didn't open me up fully to where I'm at now. Obviously it comes in layers and I'm always going to be learning. Um, but that was really like the first step in being like, oh, I'm not just alone on earth. I'm not, this isn't all there is. Um, and yeah. at that time, were you like full on depression or were you kind of, yeah. What was your state of mind? Like, were you, yeah. How was your depression at that time? Did you have depression? Or yeah. Um, 
I was honestly pretty depressed at that time. I was very codependent with John. We were both severely depressed. I was very, very anxious. Um, and I think that's why I clung so hard to John, um, which was my ex-boyfriend's name. Yeah. Um, I was, I've always been like kind of a shy person um, or just more introverted. But at the time it was not just shy, it was severe social anxiety where I had like a few comfort people, but outside of those comfort people, I was terrified of this world. Like I was, um, even in middle school, I couldn't even order my own food, like speaking at all to strangers was absolutely terrifying. Um, and at the time I was 18, my social anxiety was a little bit better, but it was still <laughs> God awful really. And I was depressed, I would say, um, especially because I didn't, I didn't see any light at the end of the tunnel. I just felt like I had been suffering with this and like feeling down and not really feeling any sense of purpose um, outside of relationships uh, for years. So, so yeah. Were you, were you still living at your parents' place at that time? So like the, the trauma was kind of continuing to accumulate, like it was not like, you know, you were you moved out at that point or were you still living at your parents? Um, so I moved out of my mom's when I was 17 and I kind of cut her off for about a year. And right. at that point, I had moved in with my dad, um, but he, <laughs> I love him so much, but he's never been a very um, like strong parental figure where he was just kind of like, do what you want. And I pretty much lived at John's house, uh, even when I was still in high school, when I was 17, up until like I went to college um, when I was 18, uh, like that fall of 2017, I believe. Um, but yeah, I know exactly like uh, the way you described the relationship with John is I felt like I, I had the same growing up, like when you're when you attract kind of the same energy as you and then you're kind of stuck in that energy with the other person. Well, for me, anyways, there was a lot of uh, frustration. I would fight a lot with my girlfriends. How was your relation? Like John is your best friend. So I'm guessing that he was really supportive uh, in your journey, I'm guessing. And uh, you were just kind of following in his like his support or um, was it more? Yeah. So yes and no. I mean, we were both very codependent and I think we just like clung to each other uh, so much so that neither of us really figured out who either of us were until a few years later. Um, and he's still one of my best friends, but at the time it was like, I wanted so badly that comfort that I would just kind of do whatever he wanted to do. And he kind of was the same way with me. And so there was a lot of, you know, back and forth. There's a lot of arguments at the time about dumb stuff, about feeling insecure, jealousy issues, um, just never really feeling fully secure in ourselves enough to feel secure in the relationship. Wow. That resonates so much. Yeah. Um, and what pushed you to, or where did you find out about ayahuasca? Because that was your next, I guess, psychedelic after the LSD? Um, so after LSD, I, I tried mushrooms. And it was, uh, that, that was a very intense experience for me. Um, I was with a group of friends in my college dorm room. There was like eight of us packed in there. And everyone else was like laughing and having a good time and my visuals switched and I saw all of them as animals and <laughs> no way <laughs> yes 
and it like kind of freaked me out and then I went to look in the mirror and I was this old man and I was like how is everyone laughing right now (laughs) um so because of your anxiety I guess you you can just let go into the because that's like fear and loathing in Las Vegas like yeah that's crazy (laughs) tell me more yeah that was the first time I had any kind of visuals and I was not expecting that at all um and I saw a different boyfriend of mine at the time Griff just turn into this like lizard alien looking thing and I was just like how am I in love with that that's terrifying (laughs) um how was your feelings like when you saw those visual was it just like pure fear or yeah somewhat it was very overwhelming especially when everyone else was so so calm and joyful I was like are you guys not seeing this (laughs) (laughs) um so I in that trip I kind of felt a little alone because I was like where am I who are these people um but yeah I mean after that experience I I found out actually about ayahuasca in high school from an old co-worker that was just talking to me about it and I instantly was like, I know I'm going to work with this medicine one day. I don't know how and I don't know why. But like, it was just this like feeling like, oh, that's familiar. Um, and then when I was in college, uh, someone brought it up about how they were really interested in it. And it was something I hadn't really thought about in a while because I figured, you know, living in Michigan, I was like, there's no way I'm going to find an ayahuasca shaman and ever be able to work with the medicine. Um, and then I found out it was legal in Peru and that you could book a retreat. And when I booked my retreat, it was like the most sure feeling I had ever had. Like, this is right. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I need to be on this path. It was like the first feeling of absolute certainty. Um, And when I was on ayahuasca, I got a little bit more clarity of what that mushroom trip was. Um, It was showing me like the different like aspects of like our animal guides and like how our personalities are like shaped by it. Like personally, I have a jaguar spirit guide that helps me so much and I think you know my personality aligns with that that feline spirit a lot um but in my dorm room without having any concept of spirit guides or anything really in the visual aspect it was just so overwhelming um seeing everyone not in a human body and then me feeling like I was in an old man's body (laughs) But from your language at this point, I'm guessing you were already into spirituality, yoga, like you had the, con- like, you're, you're talking as if, uh, you know, you had a, the medicine, like uh, the plant medicine, I'm going to be working with that. So I'm guessing during college, or at one point in your life, you became into frequency spiritual, like you, you got the lingo and the, the wisdom kind of thing of medicine. Yeah, it definitely started to sink in a bit um definitely I didn't I didn't fully believe it as my like ultimate truth um but it was after my first acid trip I was just kind of open to most ideas um I wasn't necessarily like a I'm still not religious but I didn't really believe in anything with certainty um and now I'm still very open to everyone's ideas different beliefs but I myself um do believe in reincarnation I started to believe in past lives and spirit guides in college and then I realized that one of my best friends that I grew up with I grew up with her family that we were neighbors um her mom became a shamanic practitioner 
like 10 years ago. And now she's my current shaman that I'm learning from. Um, but I kind of reconnected with her in college. And that's, that's a big part of why I opened up. And why you went to, uh, to ayahuasca to do uh, yeah. some work. So tell me about the first time you went to ayahuasca. How, how was that? Um, nerve wracking, really. I went to Peru alone. Um, and <laughs> I didn't tell my family really where I was going. I said I was going to Peru to go hiking. And I said that I had a hiking group there, um, <laughs> which wasn't totally a lie. I was going to hike in Cusco afterwards, <laughs> but I didn't really know how to tell my parents, I'm going to go work with some jungle medicine for two weeks. I hope you're all right with that. Um, <laughs> so I just went and I was, I was terrified really because I had never tried anything um, or tried ayahuasca at least um, or anything that powerful and I didn't know anyone I didn't really know what to expect I didn't know what was going to come out um but it was it was beautiful and honestly the way ayahuasca kind of like introduced herself to me was it was gentle like my first experience was like just kind of getting to know her energy because to me she does show up as like a female spirit so I say she yeah same um, here same here yeah, yeah. <laughs> so mama ayahuasca kind of was very gentle at first and was like, this is who I am. I'm here to help you. I might put you through some serious challenges, but it's to help you grow. I love you. You are my child. Um, and that was my first experience. It was very gentle and it kind of helped me build this trust. Had I gone straight in and had one of my most challenging trips, I don't know that I would have really trusted in the medicine at first. Um, just like based on where I was at emotionally. Um, did, so, yeah. you have, did you have any hallucination on the first, on the first uh, ceremonies or did, was uh, it just physical at first? And then, well, tell me about it. Actually. I want to know. I'm so curious. <laughs> um, so my first experience, it was mostly physical, but I did see this snake in my lap and it just said, silence your mind. And that's something that has stuck with me. And that was the very first time I had ever been able to silence my thoughts and not attach to them um which is still like one of the biggest takeaways from any trip is just learning how to not identify with your thoughts and know that you are not them and that you can silence them um do you have a trick to me I just see that snake saying silence your mind and it's like everything goes away when I focus on the silence when I focus on the stillness and just being in the moment and it helps when I tune back into my breath or tune back into my surroundings. Like, what am I hearing right now? What do I feel um, like physically? What do I feel on my body? Uh, what do I taste in my mouth? And really grounding myself in my senses until there are no outside thoughts except for exactly where my body presently is. And then those things start to fade away. And it's just stillness. That's absolutely amazing. I call that uh, act uh, presence. Corey yeah. uh, mentioned that like presence just to be aware of your body and the other trick that I use that is so helpful is uh, I focus on my third eye so the spot between my eyes and it's basically like as if I'm looking at my eyelids and the more I concentrate on my eyelids or looking with my eyes closed or even with my eyes open everything just goes so quiet so fast I'm, I'm yes. so happy that's so cool but the snake such a hack that's such a beautiful <laughs> gift from mother wow so tell me about the second then the second ceremony or if, is there more from the first ceremony that you want to share uh yeah also that i thing is something i learned 
from this meditation group I went to and I totally forgot about that. That was before ayahuasca, but that was um, something that really helped me at the, at the time, like silence my mind. So I guess that was really my first experience with that. So I'm really happy you brought that up because I totally forgot that experience. Tell me. Um, wow. It was just uh, like the leader told us to focus on our third eye with our eyes closed. And that was how you should start your meditation. And I wouldn't, I started meditating and I just couldn't like it, like my brain was racing. And then as soon as I really started focusing on my third eye, it was like, I was more grounded. Um, so that's, that's interesting. But my, <laughs> also in my first ayahuasca ceremony, um, after the silence, your mind part, it was like, I felt my own body's rhythm. It wasn't just my heartbeat. It was like, like, yes, almost like an energetic, like, frequency that was totally unique to just me and it was like feeling like my actual like source energy just like pulsing um but it wasn't like tuned to my actual pulse it was really interesting and it was like just like a definite way to feel connected to mother earth but also just connected to my body which i know is not me but in this life it's me and so it's good to have that that connection Oh, that's so cool that you said that. I can't wait to to know where you got that uh, knowledge of you're not you. And oh, cool. So, so continue your journey in Peru. I'm so curious. Wow. Um, so this is in my first time in Peru because I've been, been twice now. Right. Um, but this experience, it, it definitely changed me for sure. Um, so tell Tell me about the second experience, the second my, ceremonies. Yeah. yeah, my second one, I think, I was actually just talking about this with a friend today. Um, somebody asked me, like, what, what's your most profound, like, psychedelic experience? And it's definitely my second ayahuasca ceremony. It was, it was like I just saw through all, all the bullshit. Like, it was like I saw exactly who I was like my true authentic self outside of anyone's opinion of who I was outside of my own opinion of who I was outside any real ego. Um, it was like seeing my true like source in my nature. And then the ego kind of kicked in was like, okay, but you're in this body. So figure out who this persona is. And it really like, it just showed me who this being is that is Lauren and at my core, I'm always going to be love and light as we all are. Um, but this being Lauren, like, what was she actually passionate about? What was she interested in? Um, and I really got to like meet myself almost from another perspective, um, like meeting you, except you were me. <laughs> and when you met yourself for the first time, how did mother get you there? Again, was there visual? Was there any type of, um, and then when you did meet yourself, how how was Lauren? Was she broken? Was she, you know, like, what was your first impression of Lauren? Um, so the visual was really, it was almost like an out of body experience where I saw myself sitting on my mat in ceremony and I was just sitting directly across from me and I was like holding my own hands um, and like really seeing myself in the physical. And she was happy. She was funny she was light and I don't know it was like seeing me but without 
any attachment to any trauma, any victimhood. It was like, it was like my physical body now, but almost like the innocence and the purity that a child would have. Um, and I took it as like, I, I was most <laughs> aligned with my higher self when I was a child, um, as I feel like most people are, but it was like seeing like the real version of myself that I had never really been able to see before. Um, whether it was because society told me not to see those things or because I told myself mean things, other people said mean things. I really believed it. And it was like, this was the first time that the veil really fell and I saw my authentic self. And for the, the first and the second ceremony, was there any purging? Uh, like after you met the snake and same with the second ceremony when you met yourself, was there any purging in between to prepare you for these big life lessons? Um, so when the first time I went to Peru, I went to the Temple of the Way of Light and they have something called like a vomitivo before any of your ceremonies or your first ceremony where you induce purging, kind of like how we did combo at right. Arcana and you purge before ayahuasca. Um, so my first ceremony, I didn't purge because I had purged so much <laughs> during that morning. Um, but my second ceremony, I did purge and it, it felt like I purged a ton. Um, but like physically, it wasn't that much, but it was like so much emotional baggage just came right out. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So you're saying that because uh, I've, I've never been to the Temple of Light. If you induce vomiting, it'd be outside of uh, a medicine like combo. You still get the same effect as long as you're emptying yourself somehow somewhere you'll you're creating space for the medicines is that what you're saying that's so cool is yeah it? for me that's that's how it worked basically they had us uh chug like a bunch of water and some warm lemongrass tea and basically like your stomach was just so full of water you just like start uh, puking um but it got out like any of the toxins that were like at the surface level, you know, before you do your emotional work with ayahuasca. Well, I guess the, the work kind of starts like as soon as you sign up yeah, for sure. <laughs> to take ayahuasca, but um, any of the stuff on the surface that had to come out before ceremony, I definitely believe did um, even without the combo. Cause it makes me question, like, is there like for people that are listening or whatever, and I've never done uh, plant medicine, the action of purging before let's say a meditation or any like I wonder I'm just throwing it out there that's crazy um so tell me about like now do you have more about the second ceremony like any golden nuggets or any more that you want to share uh um not really just that we are all love and light and that any mistake you have made was it was supposed to be, you were supposed to learn that lesson in this life. And it's, it's okay to forgive yourself and let go of that guilt and that fear and that shame. And you're going to feel so much better once you do. <laughs> That's so cool. All right. The third ceremony. How was that like? Uh, the third ceremony was, was wild for me. It was, um, I hadn't really believed in past lives before this ceremony. Um, but it showed me and I felt it in my body as <laughs> like a, like a lizard. <laughs> and it was um, like very, very old. It, like 
like prehistoric almost and it like I felt like my body was like <laughs> like an alligator almost and it took me through like the steps of evolution and it was it was really really fascinating and it took me up until I was like I felt like an ape and then it took me into my human form and it just kept having me change into different incarnations and it was like I fully felt it in my body like I was no longer a human when I was feeling these other things um and it just kind of I don't know it showed me a more like full picture of how humans got here I guess um but also I don't know if this was my third or fourth ceremony um I before I had come to Peru I knew that there was one person there at least that I was supposed to meet like they were going to be a lifelong like brother or sister type of relationship and as soon as I got there I knew it was this guy named Martin um it was just this instant connection like a soul family kind of like you and I type of relationship <laughs> and when I was in ceremony I saw this Native American woman and I was like I miss my mother and it was this mother like it wasn't my present like physical Lauren's mom um it was like this incarnation. I was like, I missed that woman so much. Like she was everything to me. And I wish I could go back and see her in that incarnation. And then something was like, do I know this person in this life? And as soon as I said that Martin was seated next to me and he lit up his mapacho and it was like this light <laughs> just shined down on him. And I was like, oh my God, was, was Martin my mom? <laughs> uh -huh. And it just showed me like different lives of me and Martin where he was my mother and this like Native American life it showed me and him in Asia like we were a couple and then it showed me in this life and how this like connection of course like the nature of our relationship has changed over different lives but like we're always going to be connected like we have a serious soul tie um and it was interesting because the next day I didn't know how to be like, Martin, you're my mom. <laughs> um, but he came up to me, he goes, I have something to tell you. And I go, what is it? And he goes, you have been in every ceremony that I have been in. And I felt like I've known you for millions of years. And I feel like I'm your parent. I know that sounds really weird, but I feel like I'm your parent and I just want to protect you. And I was like, Martin, I have to tell you something. <laughs> and I told them all about my trip, how I saw him as my mom. Um, and we're still really close and he has helped me through so, so much, especially this past year when I was, uh, sober, cause he's been sober from alcohol for a few years. And he really like helped me get through this year and integrate my different ayahuasca experiences. And I am just so grateful for him in every life. And during your ceremonies, when you're getting transported, uh, into your past lives, at this point, are you still aware that you're in the Maloka on your mat or often you would actually feel like you're gone and your body would just kind of do its own thing in the Maloka? Um, it kind of depends on the ceremony. I've definitely had experiences of both where I'm fully aware that I am in the Maloka. I'm fully aware that I'm still in this body, but I can see other things. But I've also had experiences where I have just shot up into somewhere else and it was like the maloka had no meaning to me like if somebody had been like lauren you're in the maloka i would be like who is lauren what is a maloka <laughs> right right yeah so so 
Wow, that's amazing. So at this point, do you feel like uh, like the fourth and the third ceremony, is there more to say about that? Um, no, I think I've shared most of the golden nuggets. <laughs> so when you came back home then at this point, I guess you had a, a couple more weeks to to do uh, some hiking, I'm guessing, from what yeah. like, uh, which is a nice way to kind of end a, an intense experience like that. Yeah. When you came back home, was it hard to face reality again? Um, yes and no. At the time, I was living in a 24-person co-op on a college campus. And so I was so excited to be back in my home again and see my friends. But it was also like, so much of me felt different. And I think I definitely got this like spiritual ego <laughs> at first where I was like, oh, well, I'm enlightened now. I know everything, <laughs> which is so not true. In reality, I still feel like I, I know a sliver of my own reality, let alone anyone else's. Yeah. Um, but when I came home, I was like, I'm the bee's knees, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and I can laugh about it now, but at the time, like, I really felt like I had outgrown people. Um, and so it was, it was hard, definitely, which I don't know, like, after, after a while, I realized that, like, I, I was doing the least spiritual thing, so to say, by judging everyone, by making myself the other. Um, and I'm so happy that I, have like learned from that um and I am really trying to work on any kind of judgment I ever have on anyone else and I know that like my spiritual path or any spiritual path is no better than the anyone else's um but when I first came home that's how I was feeling and since then um after other like psychedelic experiences I think different challenges arise like when I came home the second time from Peru I wanted to be sober and being on a college campus with living in a house with 24 other college kids especially when we're all quarantined in the house um and everyone's you know drunk most days or you know doing everything that I wanted to do but I knew that I couldn't it was it was really really challenging and that's ultimately why I moved um and I still talk to my old roommates and I love them. But I think at the time I was not strong enough in my sobriety to be around them. Um, so that was probably the most challenging thing for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's two things there that are super important. The one where when you first get uh, the spiritual kind of awakening, the idea that you're the bee's knees, that for me, <laughs> in my experience, it really turns around and kicks your ass in so many yes. ways to fucking you know like chill the fuck out like you have yep. no idea how far you are <laughs> like how far you are yeah and it hurts and that's yep. yeah and then you go back because you know the problem I noticed in in my journey is like you go through the dark night of the soul you're depressed and then you realize that everything is so beautiful I'm I, I'm made of light and I'm source and like I don't have to fear death anymore and then you kind of hit a high, but that high really, when you go back to the dark night, like you don't go back to necessarily a dark night of the soul, but it's almost the same feeling. Like I'm going backwards. Everything that I've <laughs> learned, I'm now losing it. I'm such an idiot yeah. on like, and it's such a, it was hard to, to maintain. All right. 
That's I resonate a- with that so much. It's almost like like a slingshot. Like oh, boy. you think you went so far and then they pull you back and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> and you think like you're going more yep, back than so what you were. Back. Yeah. It's like, I was here. I don't want to go back. I, I want to continue <laughs> going forward. But it's really a cyclical thing. And once yep. you get used to it, like it, it's good that for people to hear that, like that's normal. Like, yeah, it, it just you'll get through it. <laughs> And the other one that's super important is when you see that your illusion is not serving you to do something about it with courage and effort really goes a long way. So the fact that to separate yourself from 24 awesome people, I'm guessing, must have been so difficult. It definitely was. You know, but that's, that's the hard things to do. All right. Now I'm super curious, like on the ayahuasca journey that you did with us, uh, that with me, I mean, with our family, uh, I, I, do you want to talk about it? Cause I'm super curious. Yeah. All right, cool. Sure. So tell me about, uh, the first ceremony, like how, how was that for you? And um, how much did you drink just, and you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember, I think, my first ceremony at arcana i took like a pretty small dose like i know that there was three different size cups and i think it was like small medium (laughs) jumbo and i think i took like half of the small cup um yeah and i'm not i kind of confuse some of the ceremonies with the second group um but no worries but but i know Oh, sorry go ahead <laughs> no sorry just like as best as you could but also I wanted to preface like what made you go back to you just you wanted to do more uh, work with ayahuasca it was what was your purpose to going back just before we start into the ceremonies um so I think my main purpose was like after I got back and I felt like the bee's knees um <laughs> it was like the reality set in like I I really don't know shit um (laughs) and I started to feel kind of depressed again and like granted I didn't listen the first time when ayahuasca told me to get sober and so I kept using a bunch of different drugs that were not good for me whether that was cocaine or ketamine or molly or uh, you name it you know I just I kept doing it and then I would get so depressed and I would be like well, I, I need to go to ayahuasca again. I need to figure, I need this refresher, right? Um, when in reality, I just needed to integrate my experiences, which I hadn't really. Um, so when I came to Arcana, it was like kind of relearning a lot of the same stuff I learned this first time. And she was like, well, you, you still didn't like integrate this. So like, we're going to go through it again. <laughs> um, so I think it was either my first or second ceremony there. She was like, you need to get sober. Like, I'm, I don't know how else to spell it out to you. Like, this is what you need to do if you want to grow. And she showed me a lot of people that were in my life. Um, specifically my boyfriend at the time that I had been dating for about like two years, who was very, very toxic to me emotionally, spiritually. And she was like, you've known since the moment you've met this person, he was not for you. And you chose to continue with it and keep this toxic relationship out of fear, out of fear of being alone, out of fear of not being protected, um, out of wanting like a man in your life. And I think like my first or second 
trip was just kind of trying to like rationalize like oh I can still keep him in my life in this way or in this way and I think it was by my like third or fourth ceremony um I was just like oh no like this is this is awful for me (laughs) and I ended up you know ending that and kind of completely cutting Griff out of my life and it was really hard to do but ultimately it was the the best decision and the biggest takeaway from ayahuasca like I I got to see exactly why I jumped into that relationship which was um like fear I wanted to feel protected I wanted to feel like I wasn't alone I wanted to know that if I was walking on a street if I had that person with me I would not be hurt and granted it was like getting out so much trauma from my own sexual abuse and I realized that like I clung to this person almost fully out of safety, um, but they were so bad for my mental health um, and just very cruel, honestly, that I stuck with it just out of like the, the certain benefits I would get out of protection. Um, and she was like, you are safe. You can protect yourself. You need to leave this person. You need to figure out your own energy. You need to learn who you are outside of any relationship from anyone else. Um, and when I was at Arcana, it was when she was like, be celibate for a year, not just sober, but celibate and like, get out any, anyone's energy, really, um, work on yourself, get out your traumas, learn who you are. What do you actually like? What are your passions? Um, I think those were my biggest takeaways from my ceremonies at Arcana, really really speaks to me man it resonates because you know that I've been sober now for almost a month of uh, cannabis wow and and it's so weird that like I'm talking to you now I I, not that I had forgotten that you were sober but almost you know when I when I think of you I just think of your love and your like your spirit and your honor and like everything that you've taught me in my life so it's really cool that you're mentioning that and and the other one that it kind of is resonating with me it's almost like the traumas that you had in your life, it kind of creates a void where you're, like you just said, you're filling it up with other people's energy that maybe are not good for you or that, like you're not, you're not, how do I explain this? I think you know what I'm trying to say. Um, But your traumas, yeah. Like the traumas that you had in your life, do you feel like those are the things that are making it so that you're attracting kind of, negativity and like well of course it is but oh wow you're making me think yeah sorry (laughs) I think it was more so me owning it me owning that victim mentality so I was attracting other people that were in that victim mentality and also people who wanted to make me their victim you know the more you fear something almost the more you attract it to yourself and um I don't know the the more I you know, would use drugs, the more addicts would come into my life. And it was like, you attract exactly what you are, you attract exactly where you're at. And at the time, I was an addict, I was depressed. And so, (laughs) you know, go figure, my partners would all be that. And it wasn't until ayahuasca was like, okay, get sober, get celibate, figure out what your passions are. And then you're going to find someone who aligns with those passions who is sober, who is good for you, who does treat you right. And I have met so many, so many amazing friends this year. And like, really, 
I never learned the value of platonic friendship or sisterhood, especially until this year. And I've been going to these women's ceremonies every month for the new moon. And I have never in my life felt so supported by a group of women of all ages and like really loved being a woman like my whole life up until almost like less than a year ago I I hated being a woman and I had a lot of gender dysphoria actually like there was times when I was like am I am I trans um and I I thought being a woman meant you were weak I thought it was like kind of just like a bad sentence like I could be hurt at any time. Um, and now I just, I value it so much. I value the power of women. I value their nurturing nature. I value how strong these women are, like such badass women around me to show me like how lucky I am to be incarnated in this body and like just how supported I am by sisters and like how I just want to uplift women. And like, I mean, everyone, but especially be there for, like survivors and of like sexual assault regardless of gender but like I would not have found that without speaking to the women that are in my life now and I just this year like the value of platonic friendship has just it's it's created like a whole new um I don't know how to word this but like a whole new idea of what sex is for me um before it was like something I would use to get safety it wasn't it wasn't necessarily for love it wasn't for connection it wasn't a beautiful energetic exchange it was like if I do this I will be protected from like by this person um which is not a great way to think but this past year has totally transformed that for me and showed me that I can have like different friend energy in my life and I can have brothers, you know, I can have men in my life that are good for me. I can have teachers and different, so many different relationships outside of the binds of a romantic relationship, which had I had someone told me this years ago, I would, I would say, yeah, okay, I'm sure it's possible, but I wouldn't have ever seen it for myself. Um, and that's really what this year of sobriety and celibacy has taught me. This is resonating so much because on your side, you know, uh, the female part of yourself where you kind of thought that it was a, a sent like a, a negative sentence where I'm seeing that so much in my life when it comes to being a male, not that I have, uh, you know, dysphoria, whatever that's called, but the hatred of men has been so huge in my life. And I'm kind of going through that. I went through that a little bit today on the idea, because I'm just going to share a little bit of my story. My son. Please uh, do. Yeah. My son, when he was born, uh, before he was born, I prayed to God like that he he didn't have red hair or that he didn't like. Anyways, and now that he's born, uh, he's two years old and he's got blonde hair. But unfortunately, um, when I grew up, the only... I was very close to my sister and I was surrounded by women. My dad worked all the time. So my life was just me and my older sister, which is which she is a, a year older. So we were always together and I always hung out with her friends. I was always there with her and, and she was a popular girl. So 
when she would have like sleepovers, I was, my, my sister brought me everywhere with her. So I was surrounded by girls. So I grew up hating men because these girls would always get boyfriends. And of course the blonde hair kind of guy that's super beautiful, muscular, but that were <laughs> always assholes. And then they would break their heart. And then these girls would come to me and kind of cry on their shoulder. And I was always there for them. But then I had such animosity because I wanted to kind of, why, why aren't they choosing me for their boyfriends and stuff like that? So I created kind of a huge hatred for men, blonde hair or whatever. And now as my son, I could see it. Like I could see my trauma, not that I can really see the, like my spiritual self. And I can see that my body is not me. I could tell that my body was having issues with my son having kind of this look like a, He's a good looking man. He's got dimples. Well, kid, I mean, he's only two years old, but I mean, he's got dimples, very uh, charismatic, but at the same time, like a little asshole. And I was so, I could see like my body wanted to be hard on him, like harder than my daughter, like stop doing this and don't be a bully, especially that one. Like as soon as he would touch his sister, I would go hard on him. And it, anyways, and today I was realizing like, okay, I, I've got a lot of trauma when it comes to men in general in my life because of my experience in life. And just the way you were telling me your story, it kind of gave me like a, oh my God, I need to be honor, like I need to bring honor to this thing and maybe kind of find like what you're doing, like just to not find, but like send my intention towards that type of healing. And I could tell, I can see now a future where, you know, uh, like, like your group of feminine, like something's going to yes. show up, you know, it, it really speaks to me a lot. And also when you were telling me about all of the, like what you attract, I noticed that at Arcana, like you were, I could see who were, you were attracting kind of the most. And I could see like Morgan, the little, the, the wise, calm person. So I could tell, like, it gave me an idea like of who you were at that time, like from the people that are kind of like Angela, which is really woman um, oriented where she wanted to heal the, the pain of all women in the world. And so can you speak to me a little bit of what you saw? Like, I know maybe the listeners are not going to understand because they don't know those people, but for my sake, I want to know, like, like what did you see in the people that you felt most attracted to, like in the group like, uh, you know, I'm sure each one of them had something yeah. unique, right? Can you, can you uh, connect the dots or is that something you thought about? Yeah, somewhat. Also, I just want to say thank you for sharing. And I love how many, how much we learn from each other and how we have little parallels in our stories that just connect to what we're what other people are going through a lot so of just, parallels yeah like, you're healing me so much through your, your your speaking right now so thank you so much thank you um yeah so I I think you know I connected really deeply with Sam um especially because we we both stayed for two weeks um and most I think everybody else left after the one week period and me and Sam were the only ones that stayed for two weeks. And, you know, the first week we connected, you know, a little bit, but the second week when we were like, Oh, we are like, like the, the only two left, you know, and we got a new group and they were all amazing, of course. But I think Sam and I, I, I love that girl so, so much. And it was like, kind of like this first 
sample of like the sisterhood that would come like this whole year um and I was like me and Sam like so many aspects of our lives were paralleled completely like to a T um different life experiences you know I don't want to share any of her business but like just so many of our experiences were you know spot on and it was you know I was so attracted like like uh like a friend way (laughs) to her um that's amazing like just out of you know how similar we were like we're from different places she's from Australia I'm from Michigan um but it was like our experiences were so similar and we just there's absolutely no way that it was a coincidence that we were both in Peru at the same time in the same group and we were the only two that stayed you know for both weeks and we both just like learned so much from each other and like opened each other's eyes to so much and I just like we were pretty much in the exact same situation when we showed up and so of course like we attracted exactly what we were at the time and it was so amazing seeing that mirror and seeing so much light and love and beauty within her but at the time not being able to see it in myself and like it was just like this amazing mirror of like oh I feel like we're the same person and yet I like you so much more than I like myself and (laughs) it was yeah yeah. um so that I think it was definitely someone that like I was super drawn to at first and of course like you I think you were the first person I talked to uh from Arcana you you started out just meditating in uh like the hotel lobby and I thought that was (laughs) The only reason why I was doing that because I was having a panic attack. I oh, was, so I was actually like, no, no, it's good. Like I, I knew that I, and I was in the practice of not, like, uh, trying to not give a fuck. Like it was, it was about my healing, and yeah, and I was actually going to our kind of. I was feeling like, oh my god, if there's a lot of people, I don't know, like if I'm gonna get enough attention to heal, and so I was really not bummed out but I was like oh my god there's so many people here and and I was having kind of a panic attack so I decided to just close my eyes and just stay there and and as soon as I did that I felt a sense of like courage like oh my god like it's don't worry about anybody else just breathe you got this and yeah so continue your story sorry I had to jump in there no it's it's amazing how like on the inside you were feeling that but from my perspective I was like that's a badass right there like that's a warrior not giving a fuck what anybody else has to say any like mingling like this person is just so centered on their own healing like that is so so strong so cool and I was like I want to talk to him (laughs) and (laughs) I was feeling so anxious because I'm definitely way more introverted than I am extroverted And at the time I was still struggling with a lot of social anxiety. So I came to Peru alone and I was like, I I don't know any of these people. I'm scared to talk to anyone. I wish I could do what that guy's doing. (laughs) Um, And then when we first got on the bus, you were like, what brought you here? And it was just like, let's just cut all the bullshit right now. Like what, why are you here? You know? And it was, it was so refreshing and I loved it. And so I was super drawn to you from like the moment I saw you just because I was like, that's, that's a strong person. Like that is, that is a courageous person. And then just like talking to you the, from the first time. And it was like, no small talk, just like, why are you here? What do you need to heal from? It was so refreshing because honestly, I'm awful at small talk. Like I, 
I want to know what you're passionate about. I want to know, you know, what makes you angry? What, (laughs) what are you dealing with? You know, what are you trying to manifest? You know? And it was, it was so cool that you matched that energy. Um, Um, Yeah. Like, cause everybody was outside and there was a lot of male energy because of Nate and Zam and all those big guys, even Victor had a lot of like, there was a lot of male strong energy and I remember everybody was standing outside and just mingling I not that I couldn't handle it but I was like this is not where I want to be like I I need this like I need this calmness or whatever so I was kind of looking around when I saw you on the bus I'm like lifeline I'm going to sit (laughs) like I'm going to sit there like I want to be with somebody that's just quiet like I I couldn't handle this male energy it was so strong and it was so powerful so as soon as I saw you, I'm like, oh, and then when I started talking to you, I knew right away, like, this is exactly what I need. Yeah, <laughs> but, some like soul family connection right here. <laughs> yeah, like I need this calmness from this person. And, and I, you looked young to me, and it reminded me of my daughter. And I was like, I, I just need to be around like this girl energy. Same with my sister. Like, you know, so that's where I came from when I when I joined you in that van and started talking to you. Because I, yeah, I was, I was struggling to say the least. Yeah, <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> and then when I, when we got to ayahuasca, to that, to that place, you know, all that male energy really gave me a lot of courage to do the sapo and the the combo. I mean, and and everything. But I wanted to share with just, I wanted to send some love towards you when it came to my sapo experience. I don't know if you saw it. I think you were outside just uh, chilling with Morgan. But I, I basically like um, when I smoke. I did I ever tell you my story? Or I don't know. How no, much I don't detail. think so. I feel like I've heard bits and pieces, but not not the full thing. Oh, I want to share then. It's, yeah, please do. All right. So when I first started smoking the sapo, I all I could hear was like this wah 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 wah, but super loud. And there was a gray wall that was closing in from my on each side that was just like straight, and the more I smoked, the more the the sound was getting so loud. And I've never, the first two ceremonies that I had uh, with ayahuasca, I didn't get any of the psychedelic effect. It was all physical pain and frustration. And you saw me in my second ceremony when I went to see Brandon and I kind of let all of my first, well, I was trying anyways, for the first time in my life because of all the suffering that I was feeling from mother, um, I kind of, I couldn't handle it because even after the ceremony, I was so, I was so in pain, like physically, it was so much pain. It felt like I was on a edible of cannabis, but like 300 milligram, you know, where you want to run yeah. away from your body, but you just can't, <laughs> and yeah. you just want to die, but you're afraid to die, but it's like, it's both right here. You, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you want to die because you don't want to be feeling this, but you don't want to die. So the anxiety is super high. And when I went to saw Brandon, you, I remember you were right there looking at me. You gave me so like you were giving me space. I don't know if you remember when yeah. I went through that kind of negative, but basically just this, say the story is um, at the end, I went to see Brandon because I needed support. And at one point he asked me like, how do you feel? And I just, I started saying I felt angry and he was encouraging me to continue with my anger. And I just, he allowed me space to just start crying and be so frustrated. And I remember crying 
and salivating and like my snots was coming out and I was so <laughs> angry and I kept apologizing but it was the first step to allowing my ego or me to start the healing process and to start kind of purging all of my frustration that I held back because growing up with girls I just kept everything back I never behaved like a man I never played sport I never so and I was so frustrated about this manhood thing that I anything that was anything involving frustration I was just shove aside or even fear or uh, confrontation all of my life I've avoided confrontation like as if it was the worst thing ever and it, it was for me I was so scared because growing up with girls you don't really learn to fight or defend yourself you just and I felt so protected girls have this my girls anyways my sister my mom all of her friends were so protective of me like if boys would come and pick on me I would have a group of girls that would just come into my defense and be like hey leave him alone like that's my brother or that's my brother's friend like go uh, my you know whatever and so when I went through this thing with Brandon it was kind of like the beginning. Well, when I smoked the sapo, the gray wall was closing in and the feeling was so insane. And I thought to myself, like, holy shit, this is going to be epic. And I've never experienced mushroom before that, LSD, nothing, only cannabis. And cannabis actually brought me so much panic attack before uh, Peru. So now I see this gray wall and this intensity closing in. And I say to myself, just let go. Like, because I, I kept hearing, like, just let go or else the sapo is going to kick your ass, right? So I, as soon as I said, let go, I disappeared and I went into this gray world. But instead of the feeling being outside, this big, like, wah, 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 it was inside of me, inside every single cell. And as soon as I got on the other side, I'm like, what the fuck? But I didn't even finish my sentence. It was so insane and so intense that as soon as I said, what the and I couldn't finish it. I said, I'm here for a reason. Just go in. Like, and I said it so fast <laughs> and I just jumped into the feeling. Like I just like, ah, and as soon as I jumped into the feeling, what happened in my awareness, first of all, like the feeling was so intense, like every single cell was on a million frequent, I don't know, like intense. And I started seeing, but I didn't see anything. It was like a knowing that I, I from birth, like everything that I had suppressed, everything that was frustrating me that I had kept inside was now coming out. And inside this gray world feeling intensity, it was very circular, like as if it was a, an energy. I could feel me like releasing all of the trauma, like from birth. And I, like it was a thousand images a second. So I, I couldn't even, I couldn't see like what was happening. I, there was just a knowing and the music was so loud from the outside. But on the outside, I was like a gorilla. I was uh, hitting the pillow with both hands, <laughs> doing the Wim Hof breathing, like deep breaths, like, <sighs> and I did that for like five, 10 minutes. And on the inside, I was just processing and letting go of everything that had ever frustrated me. So it was like the day before we, I had done this with Brandon, but now it was like times a million. And I was yeah. doing it all with the medicine. And at the end, I remember like it, it was, it kept going up, like as if it was a crescendo and near the end, I kind of was realizing what was happening. I knew that I was hitting the pillow. I knew, but I still, I was in that gray world. And I, I remember like feeling snot coming out of my nose. And I remember saying like, good, like finally, I like, finally I'm letting this shit out. Like there was so fucking much, like it's insane. 
how much trauma of when you suppress your your feelings how much trauma that accumulates by just you know not taking action on anything and being afraid all your life so anyways near wow. the end near the end i do the last hit and i wake up from the gray world and i'm staring at a pillow in front of me but i don't know where i'm at where i am <laughs> and i don't know what just happened all i knew is like this was insane like i it was so epic that I, I lost all train of thoughts of where I was. So as soon as I had the pillow, I woke up. The thing that came back to me was like, okay, what just happened? Oh yeah, I just smoked sapo. And when I thought of like, oh yeah, I just smoked sapo. Oh yeah, I'm in Peru. And then I lifted up my eyes and it was quiet. The entire Maloka was super quiet. Everybody was looking at me, like <laughs> everybody. And then I hear Nate say, way to go, Dom. But I'm like, the first thought that came to me was like, holy shit, what did I just do? Because I had seen Anthony screamed. I had seen uh, Morgan got up and say, I'm fucking Jesus Christ. I'm Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, and I'm like, and before doing Sapo, I was like, I was so self-conscious. I was like, what am I going to be? Like, who am I going to be? Am I going to be the screamer? Am I going to be the Morgan that wakes up? Or am I going to be Brandon? that just looks at his hands for the first time in his life as if he's rediscovering his body. And it was so magical. What like, I was hoping to be like a Brandon, tell you the truth. <laughs> and, you know, or uh, Laura, she was crying and she was imagining like that we were different. So everybody had a unique experience. And I thought to myself, like, who am I going to be? And I was so scared. Now I just, I'm realizing like, I just hit the pillow for like, five ten minutes like a goddamn gorilla and I remember the breathing and I remember the snot and I was crying at the same time as I was hitting the pillow and shame just overwhelmed me like it so much shame overwhelmed me that I was looking at everybody I was like hey guys stop looking at me like I don't want this but I was panicking because I've never felt shame like this before I was raw basically what had just happened is I had cleared all of my trauma it was all, yeah. all of it. It was on the pillow. Like it was out of me. So now I'm like, holy fuck. Like, and I remember just went to the side of the Maloka, like in pure shame and fear of like what I had just done. And I was like, okay, hey, guys, like move on, move on. Like, I don't need this, but I couldn't handle it. They were still looking at me everywhere. And it was so quiet. In the, Maloka, like the, <laughs> the music was done and everybody was just like, holy shit. Like, what did you just do? I guess. But they were support like it's just it was so quiet and I ran away like I got up and I went outside and I saw you and Morgan were sitting on the chair and I just went and picked up a chair but I was still drunk like there was tracers everywhere I was still yeah. high on the medicine I put the chair and I had trouble walking and sitting and as soon as I sat there like in the chair that the sunlight was so powerful and and I felt so much shame that I I didn't know what to do like I was panicking like the I was so afraid. So I got up and I remember I went to you and Morgan. I'm like, I need help. And you're like, yeah, 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 of course, of course. And it's like, what do you, what do you need? What do you want? It's like, I didn't know, but I, I wanted to go back to the, I wanted to heal. Right. So I wanted to go back to the Maloka in hopes that I could deal with what just happened and the shame that was kind of overwhelming me. And as soon as you touched my hand and Morgan, but I remember your touch because it reminded me of my wife and my, and my 
daughter and everything like the feminine energy and then i kind of just stopped you guys and i'm like hey is it okay if i talk and then you know the rest i just started to cry because i was explaining the shame that i was feeling from just there to here like nobody came after me i am afraid and blah 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 and in a matter of like two minutes like i was crying openly like with my eyes closed (laughs) there was so much tears and i i didn't feel shame about crying because all of my trauma was left on the pillow it it felt like such a release to release all of that shame from there to now and oh my god it felt so good that i'm sure i was speaking a million miles an hour of what i i was experiencing at that time and then as soon as i let go of that shame I started to feel the sun in my face and I said, oh my God, the sun feels good. And then I took a breath and I, I don't know if you like ever took a breath without any trauma in your body, but I was empty. Like I was fully empty and it was the biggest breath I've ever taken. All of my trauma was gone, like all of it. It, it was like, I was a, oh man, I can't explain it. Um, but yeah, I took a breath and I, can I, if I ask you, I don't know if you, can you tell me from your point of view, kind of like this story? I want to hear it. I don't know. How. Yeah. Sure. Um, first you, of all, that is, that is just such a beautiful experience. Like, I, I feel like I resonated so much with, you know, physically, like your body is moving and punching that pillow and getting that out but in your mind it's just processing everything um i'm i'm just blown away by your experience but when you came out of the maloka i don't even know what me and morgan were talking about but him and i it was a similar experience with someone else in our group like just a night before and it was like me and morgan were like why are we always sitting right here and people keep coming to us we're like this is this is fascinating this is strange um but when you came up to us I didn't even like I don't think we realized that you were that you had just gone through so much or processed so much like we thought you just had the most beautiful experience of your life you seemed like somewhat calm when you first came up to us you didn't seem that anxious and then like once you started talking to us you kind of like started to release and just started crying and we were like we got you like we'll hold this space we are here for you and you I think you gave both of us a hug or we were holding your hands and you're just like crying um just kind of letting more go and then you were like okay I'm good now and you walked yeah. back into the maloka and we were like yeah. all right we don't know what we just did but I'm glad it helped <laughs> uh, it was the most insane experience because I remember like uh saying like oh I'm sorry I disturbed you guys and you're like no no don't worry about it but because yeah. I was so free and because I had no more trauma, I'm like, no, I, I feel this way. Like, I am sorry. And it's okay. Like, I feel so okay for being sorry. Like that experience when, when you have no, no more trauma in your body, it's like you accept every feeling that comes in as, as it is. So from that point on, like after I released all of my shame from here to there for the entire afternoon, I was free of trauma, like free. So every feeling that would come in, it'd be like, I'm sorry for this. I owned it. And I was so happy to be feeling sorry. Or I was so happy to, uh, like when I when I ate food, 
like I remember I had like a shitty posture. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to sit straight. And the, the knowing that I had just like had a bad posture was so like awesome. Like I just had a bad posture and posturing up was the most amazing thing. So anyway, for a full afternoon, I was free, free of trauma. And I don't know if you know this, but in the third ceremony, when I took the medicine, all of the trauma that I had put in on that pillow, she put it all back into me, all of it. Really? All of it. I remember taking the medicine and half an hour, like when I started feeling queasy, I was like, hey, why am I feeling queasy? And all of a sudden I hear a voice like, do you remember all that trauma that you, that you're free, like that you put on that pillow? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you need that. And I'm like, no, no, I don't need that. Like, and then she's like, yes. And as soon as she said yes, I remember the feeling of her putting it all back into me. Like every, you know how you feel your muscles and you think like, oh, it's just because that's how my muscle feels. No, that's trauma. Like yeah. any feeling that you have of your body, it's a trauma, like all of it. Like even the one where you think, no, that's just my nails. No, that's a trauma. Like everything is a trauma. And when she put it all back into me, it was the grossest thing because I saw this big monster, this big gorilla monster. That's where I learned about archetype. And also it kind of solidified, like I'm not this body. Like I'm not this, even I'm not these traumas. Like I had a full afternoon free of trauma. Like nobody ever experienced that. I'm well, I'm sure yeah. there is, but it's, I'm sure I've, so far, I haven't met anybody that is fully free. Like a hundred, I was a hundred percent free. Yeah. And when she put it all back into me, I was like, okay. I, and there's this knowing, like, I understand what you're doing. I'm okay with it ish. And thank you. But fuck, like, seriously, like, <laughs> What if I, I would have not taken the medicine? Like, would I have been free for the rest of my life? And like, now I know, like, no, you accumulate trauma so fast. Yeah. And the knowing as well, that if I would have came back home with no trauma and having life hit you in the face like that, I'm pretty sure I would have done harm to myself, like maybe killed myself because it would have been so extreme to yeah. accumulate trauma so fast. Uh, because yeah when I came back life was just life you know it I, I was not happy um, yeah so I understood and I had learned how to breathe I had learned how to um, any type of anxiety uh, you know like when you get really high I sometimes you start to trip out or even on the mushroom yeah, yeah that <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore like I've I've seen the most extreme yeah. So now I know like all I need to do is breathe or purge or and I allow it and I surrender to it. And yeah, it might feel like the most crazy, you know, edible or bad trip, but I'm cool with it. Like I've experienced sapo. Like I yeah, I know, I know what it's like to to put it all out, like to be at zero. So yeah. that was a cool life experience. But I wanted to share with you because that's amazing. Yeah, I, but I'm still kind of healing from that. I'm still pissed a little bit, but I understand, <laughs> like, even though I have the knowing, like, man, I feel like I'm never, like, it's almost impossible to go back to zero. Like it is, I think. Yeah. I, yeah. But I, I experienced it at least once in my life. So that's kind of cool. Um, 
so yeah going back to you i wanted to know like when you when you came back in sobriety actually yeah i i'm a little bit flustered right now tell you the truth oh, man. no crying, it's okay <laughs> crying a little bit do you have any questions <laughs> yeah um do you think ayahuasca put the trauma back into you because you know the the being that is doe is you know like created from your experiences or why do you think yeah okay and um she i really feel like she put it back into me too it was more like a because i've never oh man it was like such a big teaching of listen okay you've ran away from all of your feelings not just like uh, pain suffering uh, sadness frustration like all of it even your happiness you were running away from it because when you are happy it's like kind of a vulnerability like the more happy you are the more vulnerable you are and I yeah. didn't allow myself to be vulnerable at all because I was so scared of everything like everything so when she put it back into me she kind of did a separation of Hey, listen, this is your, your warrior. You remember, I, I used to call him my warrior, my courage, yeah. whatever. This is your warrior. He's part of you. Like he is you, but at the same time, he's not. And I, I didn't know what she meant, but it was really the beginning of the journey of like, I am not this body. Like, cause I didn't know that I was not my body at this time. Like I had no knowledge of nothing like spirituality, uh, you know, anything, energies, nothing. Like the the idea that my awareness will continue after death, nothing. I I was dumb as a post. All I knew is that I'm desperate. I need to heal. I'm afraid of all psychedelics. So I might as well do the most extreme one because <laughs> I'm desperate. Like it was it was that or yeah. you know, the worst. You know, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, so that's so I, yeah, I understand it all right now, for sure. Wow. But I'm really looking forward to, to go back to do some more work with ayahuasca because I'm, I feel like I'm just at the tip of yeah. my healing, you know. When are you planning to go back? I was supposed to go. I was supposed to be back there this week, actually. Um, it was going to be a two-week thing because uh, Yoshi um, gave me his free trip that he won. Yeah. Um, so it was supposed to be this week and next week but because of COVID and everything. So I'm, as yeah. soon as Canada opens up, but I've, I'm getting this great feeling that it's going to be in November. Yeah. yeah. So, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm so here and now, now that, yeah, I don't know. It's been a while since I've talked to you, but like I am silent mind fully. I don't think of the future. I don't think of the past. And even this podcast, like as you're speaking and you're telling your story, I get so much pleasure from just giving you all of this space. And if there's any thought that comes in, I like I the focusing of my third eye is such a and presence is such a natural thing for me now that I, it's like I'm doing magic for you to, <laughs> to tell me your your story. And I'm getting so much pleasure, uh, well, pleasure, peace uh, from that. So like this thing like uh, where I'm the bee's knees sometimes I, I get that but as soon as I get the feeling that I'm the bee's knees I get my ass kicked like right <laughs> yeah. away. like the minute of <laughs> I'm gonna stub my toe or my son is gonna start screaming is like oh yeah, yeah I'm not even close <laughs> like I've got so much, <laughs> so much trauma inside 
<laughs> so that's yes. cool. Oh man, thank you so much for this. Uh, for this. Thank journey. you. Thank you so much for sharing your experience. I'm still just kind of digesting it all. That's I I can't imagine really like what that felt like to be back at ground zero. Um, um, that's amazing. Just thank well, you so much for sharing that. Well, let me then, because just there's a happy ending. The, so my third ceremony, she put it all back into me and she she gave me the uh, the tools, right? Like one, you're good. Don't worry about anxiety. Don't worry about stress. You like don't worry like you you're good you've seen Sapo and you know and you've seen me putting all of the trauma back in your body just that experience alone was trippy <laughs> like it was so <laughs> it was so dense like it was really yeah. really dense and I remember puking and and she's like breathe remember your Sapo and I'm like all right I did it and so the rest of my ceremony again no psychedelic effects, no uh, anything. It was just pure pain, the same as ceremony one and two, but now I was good. And when I went to my fourth ceremony, I'm like, you know what, just the tool that she's given me, I'm so thankful that I went in with like a very light heart. And the beginning of the ceremony, when we spent the 30 minutes in quiet, I remember just thinking of my family and really focusing. My mind was so not quiet at that time. Like it was very busy and it took a lot of effort to just think of my family and every time something else would come in, I'm like, no, 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 my family. And I would bring it back, but I would fail like at every 10 seconds, you know, uh, fear would come in of like, oh my God, am I going to feel this much pain again? What is she going to show me again? And then no, 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 my family, I just, my family, my family. And I did a pretty good job. And then when I took the medicine again, pain came in I'm like, oh, back so I started doing that I started doing the breathing like I knew right away all right I'm doing the sapo I called it the sapo breathing I'm doing the sapo breathing and I'm shoving my finger down my throat the same as I did with combo and I'm getting you out of me like I don't not tonight all right I'm I don't want this I'm good like thank you so I start doing the sapo breathing and when I feel like I'm really pumped because I hate puking and that's something as well like puking is not my forte I've never liked it like ever. So now I start doing the supple breathing and I shove the finger down my throat. Nothing comes out. I shove my finger down my throat again. And as soon as I did that, poof, like gold came in like from everywhere as if I was, as if it was in sapo, like a, as if my sapo experience was coming back in a flash. And because yeah. I had just experienced it the night before, uh, the, the day before, I'm like, oh, awesome I know what to do like it was like a, you know the tracers that I was telling you gold it was yeah that. like it just came in and when it came in it was as epic as the sapo experience like as fast as well like it was from zero to a million but because I knew like just go into it I did the exact same thing so as I went into it it was the craziest experience instead of just processing like my trauma now I was in a, in a dimension or in a zone where every single feeling was the best feeling that I've ever experienced, no matter what the feeling was. So yeah. pain, frustration, anger, like all feelings, even the feelings of pain that I was feeling in my body that she had just shoved back into me, like all of my trauma that I knew now I had, as soon as I would, and it was so fast. Like it was so like one thought after another, one feeling after another, but like 
a thousand feelings a second at the beginning. It was so, so fast. So I started wriggling on, uh, on my mat, like everywhere I would touch, it would be the best feeling I've ever experienced. And when I would touch it, I knew that it was a, like, I couldn't see it. It was so fast. Like if I would touch my arm, the trauma of my arm, like all of it would just show up in my awareness and it would be the best thing I've ever experienced and then I would touch my ear touch my nose I would stop breathing and the, at one point I remember like just stopping breathing and forcing myself for as long as I can to stop breathing and it was the most amazing feeling I almost got to the point where I passed out and it was like the best feeling I've ever experienced and and it didn't stop and when I would close my eyes there would be triangles with eyes everywhere as if I was being looked at like observed fully by source I guess and everything it was like almost like source was holding me and saying experience whatever you want it's going to be the best feeling you've ever experienced so it was like everything like I remember focusing on like my frustration about my mom and everything and it was the best feeling I've ever had ever like the best idea as well. Like, oh, you just thought about your mom and the hate and the frustration that you have. Awesome. And, <laughs> but, it, but it was so fast and I would get confused because as soon as I would, my back would touch the pillow, then my back's experience would flash in my awareness and it was the best feeling ever. So imagine me being like a snake on the mat, but just like rolling over, touching my hair, touching my nose, touching, and then me reflecting on what was happening was the best idea ever at one point I thought to myself like I if I shit myself right because I needed to go take a shit <laughs> and I was like if I shit myself it's going to be the best feeling ever and I almost went to it and I'm like no I don't I'd like I, I, I don't want that right now and that idea was the best idea ever and then it would just jump like for a full six hours that was my experience like wow I remember at one point, like I needed to go piss, like I couldn't hold it anymore, but I was getting so confused by the, this experience of awesomeness that I would keep forgetting. And I remember grabbing my stomach too, and I would be angry at it because I always had stomach problem. And I'm like, why are you so painful? And even that was the best feeling ever. Like it was the worst feeling, but the best feeling ever. And then I, I asked for help to go to the washroom. And I remember getting up and it was uh, Justin, and he's like, hey, come with me. And then I, I thought to myself, like, if I stop now, Justin is going to continue, and I'm just going to be here. And that idea was the best idea ever. So I just stopped. <laughs> and Justin turned around, is like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I didn't explain to him, because it was so fast, and every, like, yeah. all my thoughts. But I remember just like staying there for like a second or two because the idea of stopping was the best idea ever. Then I continued and then I had to stop. And anyways, it, it gave me a nice ending. Like it was, yeah. such, it was such a beautiful ending. Yeah, that's amazing. It <laughs> yeah. shows you kind of like how any experience can be neutral depending on your mindset. You know, like these challenges, they can be seen as challenges. They don't have to be seen as you know, traumas necessarily. They don't have to be seen as things being done to us. They're just things that happen. And it's up to us whether we claim it or not, or if we label but it as terrible. <laughs> but it's more than that. Like yeah. you, you said neutral. It's in my uh, experience of this year anyways, and that was just a glimpse. Trauma and 
like the more trauma that you have and the more uh, suffering, let's call it suffering. So, you know, when sometimes like you're in a state of pure suffering because shame, for me, shame is like one of the most epic suffering that I can feel at this point. Uh, or if you break a bone, right? So both, both of these are suffering, uh, feeling sufferings and physical suffering. If you set your mind to a right place, that suffering turns into a bliss. And I've experienced that many, many times this, this year, where like physical pain turns into a pure bliss. So uh, have you ever experienced that? Like, yeah, uh, honestly, more recently, I started to see pain as like my body releasing something. And, you know, I have a lot of tattoos, but I recently got a few more. And it was after like a year of not getting any and like, my initial instinct was like, fuck, why am I doing this? This hurts so bad. And then it was like instantly like my brain was like, what are you releasing? Like, what does this pain actually represent? And of course, like, tattoos are painful you're being like stabbed with a needle kind of but it was like in my mind I could reframe it to what am I getting out of this like what am I actually releasing and it that pain started to become healing like it started to be like at the end of this I will have released something at the end of this I will have gained some new artwork but also released something emotional and it was like I had some of my biggest like insights while I was like feeling this pain of just like I could, it was kind of like a mind over matter thing. And it was like, even though my body was in physical pain, my mind was like, but what am I letting go of? Why is it important to go through this? And you see beauty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it, yeah. And it becomes a bliss. You're almost like, wow. And the more you surrender anyways, the more that like, it is really a bliss. And at one point you're like, oh my God, this actually feels good. Yes. Like, because like you say, how you frame it and healing, it's, it's crazy. So it really puts something into perspective as well of like, do you really want to be fully empty? Because now I'm realizing the more that I'm carrying, it's almost like the Jesus Christ thing from Morgan. The more you carry the suffering of the world, if you see it from the right light, especially with like the grace of God and everything, that suffering becomes a bliss. And in so many ways too, because if you're holding this suffering like this, me talking to you, me being your friend is such a bliss, like a pleasure that comes from the bottom of my heart. And without that suffering, I would have like, I wouldn't be talking to you right now and meeting all these amazing people like that is so random. Like I meet somebody new and I feel like they're my brother, sister, (laughs) partner. And it's, that's a bliss on its own. So it's really like the bliss comes from everywhere from inside outside like your illusion is really your illusion and it like anyways wow like that understanding yeah thank you for reminding me of that that's such a such an amazing oh my god I feel so blissful right now (laughs) (laughs) me too well thank you so much I might as well uh or do you feel uh like you need to not need but do you have more to say because I th- um no not looks- not really that's amazing uh, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast wow thank you thank you for having me it's always good to talk to you and I'm so so thankful to have heard your experiences especially Sapo that's <laughs> very amazing <laughs> monkey and Frank for life my friend 
Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.